welcome to Going Off Track. It is, as always, Stephen, joined by Brad, audio extraordinaire. Hola. Hey, Espanol. Uh, the people's producer, Mike Kanjemi. Hi. Uh, J-Train, Jonah Ooh. Bear, rock journalist extraordinaire. Do you like J- Should we just keep J-Train? No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough? <laughs> Thought it was fun? There's it more was of, fun. It was fun. There, there's more this of a, time has passed. Yes. <laughs> the J-Train has pulled out of the station. <laughs> <laughs> and how is she? <coughs> Bam! Nailed it. On today's episode of Going Off Track, we are talking with Jared Cotter. Not only was he on American Idol, not only is he a fantastic songwriter for amazing radio hits that you all know, not only does he host a game show for Madison Square Garden, but he's a good friend of ours and a glorious dude to hang out with. Okay, uh, recently, uh, people know I, I love television. Uh, my wife and I, one of our favorite things, one of, the, one of the best things we have in common is our love for, for TV. Uh, I'm thrilled that Thursday nights on NBC is now truly must-see TV again, where there are four shows in a row I actually enjoy, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, um, The Office, and Up All Night, which I find now I enjoy more that I have children. Starring Christina Applegate and Will Arnett. You know the story. She's a producer. He's a dad who stays at home. I'm home a lot with my girls. They have a daughter. So on the premiere episode for this season, they decided to have a New Year's Eve party where they had a game night. And Will Arnett didn't want to have game night because he hates the fact that she gets so competitive. So I asked my wife, did you ever have a game night? And she went, oh, yeah. You need to ask Brad about game night. That my wife, one of our one of our good friends uh, that Jonah and I know, I was a bartender, uh, and our friend Sarah, who is like she's a vice president at William Morris now, would have game nights that were beyond cutthroat, that involved just violence and hate. I don't know. Trish just said, "Ask Brad about these game well, nights." Sarah took him very seriously, but see, I think. She's. I don't know the specific night she's talking about. So. She just said in general. She, she. Trish told me that one time she brought Sarah to Christmas with her down to Philly with, with uh, now my in-laws. And Sarah yelled at my brother-in-law during a game for not <laughs> pronouncing words correctly. My brother-in-law is from Puerto Rico and English is his second language. Sarah takes it very seriously. Sarah takes a lot of things very seriously. In fact, I thought I was competitive with games like, you know. I'll, I'll, I've gotten into trouble at, you know, at Thanksgivings and Christmases where the family sits down to a game after I've been drinking beers all afternoon, and it gets a little too serious. But uh, what game? Yeah, like what, what game gets serious? Scrabble. Was that the See, game? With Sarah? I believe in. I believe that Scrabble is a game like poker where you're allowed to bluff. Like if you can come up with a good enough fake word and kind of stand behind it you know scrabble should be no rules yeah. it should just be like you get to just have fun with it i mean or i mean i don't know i like no rules scrabble where you could just be like dude that's a word my my roommate but you get challenged yeah. <laughs> my roommates yes. in college who are now married and have been in a relationship for 20 years got into if i remember correctly a scrabble fight so intense <laughs> they broke up and he got stabbed what that's an intense uh... like they were so <laughs> angry about fucking scrabble and and it's it's I adore these people. It's Kevin and Brandy, and Kevin would be screaming, "You got You better! I will challenge you! I will! Do you you want to lose a turn? Do you want to lose a turn?" See, that's yeah, that's Sarah. She she didn't believe in the kind of the bluffing that I was into. So you would make up a word. You'd be like squidgem. If I no, thought it looked real, I would go for it. <laughs> but I literally played it like poker. Like every now and then, I would bust out one that. 
that I knew was a real word, but the, looked bad just to kind of keep people on their like toes. Like what? What's a word that looks oh, bad? Oh, God. I can't remember now. But squid, like usually technical gym. terms that I would know and other people wouldn't know. Okay. You know, like misspelled sort of words that uh, – like know. gobo. Gobo is a word yeah, that, you know, I mean, I guess that's – Gobo is also a fraggle. Very important. And a delicious restaurant. Gobo is a delicious vegetarian restaurant. We went there once, didn't we? We went to Gobo, yes. yeah. So that would work in the game. Yeah. That would work. Gobo but, makes sense. Okay. But I'm very pro-bluff. Like, And Sarah, I think, was – she got – she wasn't into that. See, when I when I was in high school, we would have – to show how cool we were, we would have play games. Yeah. And we played Trivial Pursuit. And what I would do is I believed – I believe there's no money being exchanged. If it's not like poker and it's not serious, then cheating is – all out like, like i'll cheat beyond life i'll cheat at monopoly i'll cheat at whatever <laughs> if it's not if, if it's real money if it's real poker game that's serious that's that's different but if it's fake money fuck it who cares so we would play trivial pursuit and in the middle of the game if everyone was sitting around in a circle and whatever i would just reach over and i believe that if i did it in plain sight no one would call me on it no one ever did i would grab the card i'd look at it and i would read it then i would put it back in so then when it came time for the next turn someone would grab the card and go geography uh, and I would go, China. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I just guessed. Go, okay. <laughs> and then you see certain people go, did you? Did I what? And it just got really, really obnoxious. A trivial pursuit can get really ugly. I play a lot of, like, when we, like, you know, certain family get-togethers or we'll go to the shore in the summer and we'll have, like, you know, game nights. But the family ruining game is Monopoly. Like, if you play Monopoly with friends or family, most likely you'll end up hating somebody by the end of the 12 hours. That it takes to finish the game. That's if you ever why. That's the game. too long. Yeah, that's it's why way too long. I don't play I've never it. finished Monopoly <clears throat> in my life. Yeah. First of all, I didn't realize I don't get competitive during these games mostly because I'm drinking and I don't really <laughs> care. So it's like, whatever. Like you know. But if it's and I just I realize that Monopoly is the one game that will get me to flip out. Like if <laughs> if it's like if we're eight hours into the game and you just have like one railroad and I have like this, pro- I'm like, dude, just trade with me. Like we have the whole board, just fucking trade. And if you don't trade, you're a dick. And like, that's it. You're a dick in life forever. So it's like, that is like that one thing. I was just like, I didn't realize that I had a flip out at a family monopoly game, like in front of like my brother's new girlfriend. I was so, it was so embarrassing. And I like, I just totally was like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I'm like, I'm out. And I was like, really? later i'm like dude that was monopoly it was the dumbest <laughs> yeah but i feel like board games do bring out like you'll have a friend who you think is totally normal and then they get super competitive and, and like, intense about board don't... games and you're like dude like i don't even want to be your friend yeah. like i have a couple of people like that where i feel like it really brings out like what's the on the inside yeah yeah like, like the worst part i was like true. i'm saying like you're you're just an asshole like dude it's fucking the rail all right so it was maybe it was the railroad or, or even if you have like the shitty blue ones and like you have a trade for someone I'm yeah like, dude at this point I'll give you, like, I know you need the red, so I'll give you, the reds are pretty dope, so I'll give you, like, my shitty blue, like, for the red, whatever it is. Like, I feel I like, trade with you. you know a game really is like that? It's sorry, too. Because, like, you can, like, I'll be like, dude, you killed me, but it's closer for you to get your girlfriend, but you picked me, now I have to go back home. Like, oh, yeah. you just picked Thanks, your girlfriend dude. over me, like, yeah. let's never hang out again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally. And it is, I think it does bring out, like, the yeah, worst in yeah. some people. But see, I, yeah. Well, we can't play games. Because... <laughs> I, I'm getting I'm mad just talking about I, playing I games. Like, I feel like my part rate's rising. Like... I just started talking about Monopoly and I felt my hand shake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, I know. I can't do it I mean, it if anymore. you played with somebody who 
takes it so unseriously that they'll be like, oh, here, just take some of my Monopoly money and stay in the game. See, that'd be me because the whole time Mike's arguing, <laughs> kills my, me. Hand, my hand is in the fucking bank and I've taken. <laughs> I love that too. I, I would give know. out free interest loans to myself if I was the banker. Uh, I would take more money. I played a game the other night with, and Lisa Brownlee was there and I had to arm wrestle her and it was super close. I wouldn't want to do that ever. <laughs> I think she let me win. We're going to get Lisa in here at some point, but right now let's go to uh, Jared Cotter. You're going to learn a lot and laugh a lot. You also learn another definition for the word bump. So Mike's hungover. Uh, Jonah was at a party, and um, I was in bed by 10 uh, and woke up this morning um, having my cat had pissed all over the comforter but i didn't want to wake my wife up so i basically slept with my feet and cat urine uh until i woke up to my kids talking so wait hold on i want to say what i did really quick i was someone texted me asking me what i was doing last night and i literally was cutting a coupon out of yoga journal for herbal tea (laughs) (laughs) at like midnight and they're like oh you don't want to come to this bar i was like ah just cutting out this coupon for like smooth move laxative tea or whatever it was so do you take that no, I, I just... Uh, I've done that before. I, yeah, I've done those cleanses before. I was just cutting it out just... It was for just um, that yogi tea, so whatever. Anyways. Laxative tea is the way we start. Now, Off Track begins this week. We have a very special guest, Jared Cotter. <laughs> uh, you know him from Fuse. We hosted The Sauce together. Back he in hosted, the Dizzy. Well, many moons ago. Uh, he hosted uh, and wrote the theme song to the the great game show, You Rock, <laughs> Let's Roll. Classic. I'm not sure what it was about. but uh, And then we were discussing this a couple of days ago. You did a tour show with Sarah Lewidon, I think. That was actually a really cool show. I wrote I that wish. show, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jonah wrote the show. Jonah wrote that. And then uh, aside from that, f- phenomenal singer and songwriter. And so then uh, everybody gets let go from Fuse. Eventually, uh, yes. Eventually, all of us in the room, except for Brad, who didn't work there. Uh, and Jared says, you know what? I'm just going to go out and, and write multi-platinum songs for Jay Sean. Because, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll fall back on this. Because that's, that's cool. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that was a really, really, really cool thing to do. Uh, you know, I, during Fuse, I was still writing. You yeah, know? always. And, you know, Mike, I think, you know, you write as well. You, you know, Jonah's in a band too. You know, it's in us. Yeah, so we have to do it. And you're so, on that show, uh, American Idol. Oh yeah, that yeah. show. That little show. <laughs> that little show, American Idol. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it called X Factor now? Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> could be. Could be. Or I'm sorry, Zvactor. Isn't that what they call yeah. it? Yeah. X Factor. How many but years ago was they that? Lip sync on that damn song. On that. No, show, they man. do not. Yes. It's all they got caught the other day. No. Yeah, it's all lip singing, man. They they go in and they they record it first, and then they go in and, and lip sync on oh stage. God, I actually tried watching it. I couldn't really. No, that's not good. It. It's really a mishmash of like every singing show, and they just are, seem very confused. Yeah, I'll all. be honest with you. I, I I tried to get into it because obviously I will write for whoever wins. Yes. <laughs> you know? Because uh, you know they sell a lot of records, but you know. Yeah. It's just, I wasn't entertained. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. How many years ago was American Idol for you? For me, it was five years ago it now, was Jordan man. Sparks it was like was a long time ago now. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Sparks won that year. I was number 13. And at the time, it was like, you really, I felt like somebody punched me in my face when, you know, when, when I got voted off. But, uh, 
but it all worked out, man. Lori Teague called me the next day. Yes. And that's yes. when my Fuse career started. Yes. Lori, Lori worked at Fuse. She was uh, one of the, the celeb bookers for the channel mm-hmm. uh, who now works at Vivo. Does she? Yes, she does. I got to reach out. Does. Yeah, she's the greatest. Uh, getting married, um, which is very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, she's joining. Joining. Um, <laughs> and so... You showed up and you tested for the sauce. Yeah. And I was hosting with this girl, Holly. Holly, Holly Hanula. Holly Hanula, a very, very nice girl. And uh, I wasn't supposed to be on that show. This, this was yet another. That's right. Wow. This happened to me for every few shows. Somebody, the new person will come in and go, Stephen, we don't want you, but will you just do it until <laughs> someone else shows up? And I always went, sure. And then would end up hosting the whole time. The whole and show. then. Holly, bless her heart, uh, got let go. Uh, and then we had what I call the greatest dynamic ever. The one time you'd see a black dude and a white dude hosting a show that wasn't about sports. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and it was so much fun. And has it happened since? I don't think so. No. And the one sport thing we did uh, was, I, I think, I speak for both of us, a high point in our lives. Mm-hmm. We got to play basketball with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, we got a, a chance to... To talk to a bunch of people that I grew up listening to, including DMC. Oh, God, know, that was great. Which was a highlight, I think, for both of us. I lost well. my mind. Like, you know, just sitting there talking to, you know, uh, DMC, Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC. And he was just so cool. We was, I remember we was only supposed to talk to him for like two minutes. And he, kept, and he and wouldn't he shut up. Going. He wouldn't shut up. But it was, we were just in awe. We, I, I think we asked like two questions. Just keep keep talking. Tell yeah, the story. Just go. Just go, dude. Now, do you yeah. remember afterwards, you know, for a lot of places, uh, TV studios, you know, do, they have like a photo wall. Mm-hmm. So they had a photo wall. And usually they'll take the photo and leave and, and you know, the host, whatever, don't go out there. Jared and I ran out, yeah. like during commercial break. And they're like, get a picture. And right before they took the picture, I went, no, wait, I've always wanted to do this. And I jumped down and like crossed my arms yeah. in front of DMC. <laughs> had to. Had to. <laughs> and he just started laughing. <laughs> Remember when we were, what was, who was supposed to get, was it for the rock show? We were supposed to get Jean-Claude Van Damme and all we were excited about was to take a picture with him. Like we were all figuring out our picture with. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then he canceled. But then we had, we had someone ask if we could pretend to be like him to be punching us out or something. Yeah. And he was like, cool with cool, it. Yeah. And then his dog died and he didn't yeah. do that whole JDVD tour. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That That's was a bummer. So brutal. I remember that. Yeah. See, uh, if, if, if you picture at the Fuse offices, which are done, by the way. They ripped apart all the cubes. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I had a desk, and next to me was Mike. In front of me, or you might have been to the left of me at that point, was Jonah. And you sat in front of Mike. Right, yeah. And it was just this uh, quartet of hilarity. <laughs> just, just ridiculousness. Because Jared had a pillow under his desk. I did. And no matter how late you were out, where you were the night before... You could always find Jared either under the desk or just with the pillow and his face in it at two or three in the afternoon. And I like nothing better to walk by and go, what's up? (laughs) Bam. Hey, man, those long nights in the studio, you know, I'll say I was in the studio. Really, I was out (laughs) doing doing some some other craziness. And, uh, you know, I had to be at work, dude. So I brought out the pillow. So, um... Sauce ends, all that. You immediately, it seemed to me immediately, started doing a show at MSG. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I kind of just walked into that, you know. Uh, 
and it's still going. It's my third season hosting a show called The Challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's, which is it's a little corny, but it's fun. You know, it's uh, it's Jeopardy for high school kids, basically, on MSG Varsity. And, uh, you know, Kristen Dolan basically loved, actually, You Rock, Let's Roll, that, mm-hmm. that dating game show. I was like, yo, you'd be cool for this. Kristen Dolan, Kristen Dolan is Jim Dolan's wife. Right. Owns, Jim Dolan owns everything. Everything. He owns apparently. the world. <laughs> yeah. And she ran Fuse for a little bit and was actually hilarious because she's a super deadhead. Yeah. And and I hate the Grateful Dead. So I like I like nothing better to go in her office and go, really, Jerry Garcia? Like, why? Why would you do that to another human being? And she just thought it was hilarious. She was like, oh, you're just being funny. And I'm like, no, no. I really don't yeah. like yeah. it at all. I'm re- you're really trying to understand, like, why you like that. Like, where, 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 how does your, what chromosome cross to make you enjoy that kind of jam music? Whatever. And she just thought it was funny. But she was very nice. So she chose you to go over and do yeah. that. Yeah, so she hooked me up. They were looking for a full-time host for the show. Um, and, uh, yeah. so I, That's so great. So I got it immediately. What's the season like? How long? How many episodes? It's six shows a day for three months. Um, so it's like whatever that equates to. Like wow. 200 shows. Or, That's a know, lot. 300 shows a season. That's a season. I know a number of people who have done game shows. That's average. Really? Game it's shows, crazy. Game shows. Six shows a day? Game shows do. It's crazy, That's dude. That's crazy. Yes, but it's a lot of fun, and these kids are, like, crazy smart. Yeah. You know, like, they roll their eyes in the back of their head, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah, but you're the like, smartest. Yeah, yeah do you say. feel like you've gotten smarter just from, like, having to, like, learn all these answers? Like, you like, bust it out in a bar, you're like, actually, yeah. Yeah, actually Pluto is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I have. I have. And my girlfriend is like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Because, you know, I'll come, she'll come home, and I'll be like... Welcome home! <laughs> you know, my game show was... <laughs> She'd be like, shut that. up. That's incorrect! <laughs> People don't realize how difficult the game show is to do. It's really hard, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure it all out. You know? It's Let not... It there's no edit. It's timing, right? It's timing, man. It's all... It's all... Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I've tested for a number of them, and when you test for them, they make you do the show, mm-hmm. and all you do is sweat, and then you realize... Alex Trebek and Pat Sajak and Bob Barker are gods. They really are. They it, really are. It's, it's incredible. so damn hard. It makes any any other kind of TV Trebek. production look like nothing. You know, one That's of my crazy. favorite things to do with game shows is, because I'm crazy, this will probably tell you a lot about me. <laughs> you can look up game show bloopers on YouTube, but my favorite are the, uh, the Wheel of Fortune ones where people, there'll be like one letter missing and the people will do it wrong. They'll add like an S or they'll say the wrong word and it's like just like their faces after they do it or people who miss the first question on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> There's a whole collection of them. They'll be like, are you sure? And they'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, I'm sorry. And the people are like, yeah, I know. So they're like, oh my, oh wait, wait. And it's like that moment of realization. It's just so brutal, but then I you know. can't look away. It's real though, man. It's real. These kids, if they get an answer wrong, oh, and kids, it's got to be oh, ten yeah, times yeah, worse. I feel so bad for some of these kids. You know, some of them have cried. You know, they, you know, we got to edit that out. But and, you know, one kid fainted on stage. Another kid threw up. <laughs> it's like, damn, like it's pressure, dude. Yeah, like, no, yeah, totally. their friends are watching. There's, you know, there's an audience, so their teachers are like looking at them, and you know, cheerleaders, which is really cool about the shows because, like, you know. The brainiacs, the smart kids, not all the time get to to have like a show where they're the star. You know what I'm saying? Or like football players have the the game on Sunday. You know mm-hmm. these kids, they don't have it. This is their game on Sunday, so it's really cool to see them come to this and just like. Where do they get up. the students? Where do the kids come from? They come from all over the place, tri-state area. Um, you know, everywhere from 
Long Island to Greenwich, Connecticut to the Bronx, you know, to Brooklyn, you know, and, and uh, it's really cool to see kids, you know, you know, I'm getting all political and, and stuff, whatever, but it's really cool to see kids be happy about academics and learning. You know, I don't think that's political. I don't <laughs> I think not that's, political, but I think like this corny. Is how it should it's be. What, do they, what do they win on the show? They won a uh, scholarship, and and uh, I th- believe they it's twenty thousand dollars. You know, shit. I don't. Re- yeah, ten ten thousand. Wow, what's the age? Like what's the cutoff? Can you just as long as you're in high school? <laughs> Do they get a, shoot. Do they yeah. get a Jared, Jared Cotter signed headshot? Of course. <laughs> All right. Of course. And a copy of every every record you've written a song for. Yeah. Which is hopefully going to grow next year, man. I got some good things in Dude, the works. Here's, I was so proud of you because Trish and I were watching, um, I think it was The Karate Kid. Yeah. And Down is in there. And like we watched the credits. Yeah. And we're like, there's Jared's day. I know, it's crazy. He yeah, wrote it. Do, yeah, Do You Remember is in there. And um, it's, it's, the, it's the opening song. So soon, the, before anything happens in Karate Kid, like you hear the opening, uh, opening uh, section from Do You Remember. And it's... Uh, it's pretty cool, man. I love that because w- when the stuff we would do at Fuse was we had you know these great writers. Yeah. And uh, one of them is a guy named John Murray. who has a comedy group called Stucky and Murray. Incredible. And John, John wrote this song, Thanksgiving It To You. <laughs> and Jared, you made a video. And it's yeah. so hilarious. And it's basically a love song to a turkey. Yeah. I'm a trip to fan of you, girl. <laughs> and, it's, and it's you in the studio um we could find it on youtube and play it it's like it's it's you in the studio and john told me that recording with you is so fun because you kept going man we got to stack the hook we got to stack the hook and i remember saying what does that mean and john was going i have no idea jared kept saying it over and over again. gotta stack it man <laughs> gotta double it up <laughs> Put a harmony on that bitch. <laughs> okay, okay, I want to tell this story. Jared and I used to mess around quite a bit, and if you overheard the messing around, you'd be like, these guys don't like each other. There's some racist shit yeah, going right. on here. And in reality, we were giggling. <laughs> so I was oh, here we go. in my cube one day, and you came up to me and said, man, I'm so glad I didn't run into you earlier. And I said, why not? Because someone had brought in for a huge meeting a giant fruit plate. And I grabbed the watermelon and I was just walking down the hallway. And all I kept thinking was, damn, I hope I don't run into Steven. God damn. Yes. If I do. And I gave myself up, though. Because <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The stereotype, man. I'm, I, I'm a full believer. I, I like watermelon. And I don't care who knows it. Can you please tell the story about how, I don't know how it happened, but you just had this pump of cocoa butter in your cube. And when, and when you left Fuse, you tried to give it away. Can you please tell this story? Wait, Without wait. naming the kid's name. I'm trying to remember what happened. Some kid okay. of, 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 of a similar pigment to yours. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, here you go, brother. And he got really offended. He got offended. <laughs> I try. You know what? I feel like you shouldn't. You shan't waste cocoa butter. I think that's in the the, the rule book. If I don't, if I remember correctly, it's right know? under. It's under the chapter of "Thou shalt not be ashy." Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Matter of fact, I have to bring that up at the next meeting. You can't waste cocoa butter because he's he was in violation of that rule. He wasted the cocoa butter. <laughs>
Dude, one of my favorite memories of Jared is, remember when you had that party for, like, Cosmo Girl or something? You were, like, <laughs> guy of the year or something? I was, most, yeah. He was most eligible, eligible, yeah. eligible bachelor. Did I, did I go with you to that? Maybe I went with Annie or something. I went to this thing, and it was, like... I wasn't there just, unless I was drunk. It was just, like, girls everywhere. And I was, like, I wasn't Jared there. was the only person I knew. <laughs> yeah. Girls yeah, everywhere. I was, he was the most eligible bachelor. Yeah. yeah, wasn't that crazy? Dude. And how'd you do, Jonah? I did not do so well. <laughs> I did pretty good. No. <laughs> I was more of a wingman that night, even though I didn't actually talk to Jared for more than two seconds. Part of Off Track is talking about, well, the whole philosophy of the show is, remember how we would talk to people before the cameras were rolling, and yeah. that's when we'd had the best conversations? Exactly. That's the whole point. Okay. And then it would just go everywhere, and then we would talk about things that, you know, TV producers, not like Mike, also known as the people's producer, uh, would be like, no, no, that's too high and inside, whatever. Right. Like, we... Jonah and Joe from Fall Out Boy had a conversation about like single coil pickups, which to this day still mesmerizes me because I didn't know what was going on, but it was fascinating. Right. So you write songs with people, you write songs for people. Yeah. You have this collaborative like effort going on. What is that process like? Does someone come to you? Do you go to someone? Do you offer up, I don't know, treatments? Do you have ideas always floating around in your head that you're like, maybe I can use this for someone? Yeah. Bas- yeah, basically that's that's exactly what it is. I'm a, I'm a songwriter in the, the original sense of the word. Um, I hook up with a producer and uh, we go to town, man. I basically have a list of concepts of things that I want to write about in my phone. And um, if, yeah, if my phone ever, if I ever lost my phone, I'd be screwed. But, uh, and, and I focus those concepts on different artists. Like, like down when I wrote, when I co-wrote down with Jay Sean, um, I had a line in my phone, you know, I will love you even if the sky is falling down, you know, just something corny, but, but it, it was a cool line that I wanted to expand on, you know? And, uh, so they started playing the track and I was like, you know, it's cool. It's uplifting. The track is, you know, it's kind of dope. And um, and it just it just can't, it started from there. So I have these jumping off points that I like to start from. But how do you get to the artist? Is, is there an agent involved? Is there yeah, is well, it now, word of mouth? Now it's a lot easier because uh, I have a publishing deal. I'm signed. I'm signed to EMI now. That's great. Um, which actually just got sold to Sony. So I think I don't know if I say I'm signed to Sony now. I don't get it. But uh, but yeah. So it's it's a lot easier. But before it was like just freaking so hard to to get to to an artist you know uh but now it's hey i need this to get to usher and it gets to usher literally you have something that went to usher yeah yeah you know uh usher is singing words you wrote not yet okay you know but at least i know he'll hear it you know or his manager will Mm -hmm. hear it like you know back in the day you write songs just to write songs and you hope they come Mm -hmm. out you know but now they're coming out you know i've uh i've had three top 15s a number one and uh, a few few in um, Europe, you know, things are going well so far. And I've only been really writing professionally for about two, two three years. Now, when you sign to a publishing deal, because a lot of bands, you know, when they'll sign to publishing, they'll have, like, you know, their own, their funny little publishing name or something. Yeah. Do you have a name for your... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Don't You Dare Take My Publishing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. It should be. Uh, it should be. No, my, I, it's corny. Mine is Cotterpin Publishing. That's fine, uh, but uh, but that it should works. be something. I should have I should have put more thought into that. <laughs> no, because at the at the end of the day, it's um. I think I think Taking Back Sundays was uh, I think I'm taking Crazy Pills Publishing, <laughs> which at the end you're just like really after a while. You don't want Usher to get it and be like, I love this song. Like, what's this weird joke name? Right? It's yeah, from? yeah, yeah. 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 
Other a friend of mine, I think, is this is bitch. Give me my publishing or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some, some crazy, some crazy. Will stab you, publishing. Right, 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 right. Wait, That's do you a, sing the track? Like, so yeah. I, and then know, when it gets to Usher, he'll hear your version of what it's gonna like. You'll, you'll yeah, produce I'll, it and I'll, sing it. I'll sing it. So I, ha- I literally have probably like five, six albums worth of music now, like with me on it, singing different, different, differently. If I do a song for Usher, I'll try to sing like Usher. If I do a song for Trey Songs. You know, it'll sound like Trey songs. If I do a song for David Cook, I'll try to, you know, do something like that, you know. Um, so uh, so I re- literally have a bunch of songs in different genres uh, sitting in my iTunes and uh, try to get them out. That's now, awesome. if you decided to put out Jared Cotter's record and right. these are your songs, right? is there a deal? Can you do that? Well, that's the next thing, man, honestly. Um, I've decided to do, like, some really cool, different, like, electronic, housey, dance-type stuff. You know, just just to just to be creative. You know, it's not something that I necessarily grew up on, but it's something that, you know, a fuse really. You know, I hate to give them all this credit, but they really, really did open my eyes. You know, you did, and everybody there opened my eyes to a bunch of different music that I would never have listened to. You know, from every genre. You know, um, so yeah, I would have never listened to Fall Out Boy. I would have never listened to uh, you know. Uh, Perry Farrell or any of those guys that you know that that I came in contact with. So Fuse really opened my eyes to to search for different things. And in searching, I got into to dance music and 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 house music. And who do you the like? energy who, is really cool. Who's a, who's a house DJ you like? Oh man, I love Geta, who I just mm-hmm. uh, yeah. got a chance to I do a record. song with. Um, really? Yeah, we we did a song uh, that Flo Rida and Nicki Minaj recorded, and uh, and uh, it went number fifteen on the Billboard charts. It's called Where Them Girls At. Which um, chart? Because I know Billboard's got like a bunch. The Hot 100. The Hot yeah, 100. The, oh, nice. The real, the real chart, yeah. Right on. Yeah, man. Uh, so I, I think, remember they did away with Heat Seekers, which is yeah. the only one I ever looked at. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the real chart. That's the one that's like the underground, like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the one that these, these bands are about to pop off. And uh, yeah, it sold, I think, one and a half million units so far. Uh, worldwide what's your cut of that i don't you don't have to go like specifics but i'm just i'm fascinated by public and we've talked about this with a lot of people who've been in here yeah you know the publishing versus the licensing versus you know someone covering it mechanicals versus you know the actual master like who owns that yeah well the the master the you know the label always will own the master right they'll never give that up um unless you pay for it big time it's even indie labels yeah a lot of money to get a master it's crazy but um i actually split i have a, a percentage of publishing um, just uh, with with the producer, who's David Guetta and Sandy V, and I uh, co-wrote it with these guys playing skills, uh, the hook, mm-hmm. and then Flo Rida and Nicki Minaj did the verses. Was the hook stacked? The hook was definitely stacked. <laughs> <laughs> definitely did you, stacked. Did you guys see what Billboard just? I think yesterday announced they're not going to yep. count album sales when the album sells for less than three forty nine. Yep. What? Did you see that? It's 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 the it's they're calling it the what the Lady Gaga conundrum. Right, because she sold so many records, but at like six ninety nine or ninety nine right? cents through Amazon, oh, it was a right. sale for a couple days. Yeah. For a couple days, so technically they're leaving it as a number one, but technically uh, it was Lil Wayne who sold the most that week, and it was he sold nine hundred and something thousand, but it wasn't a million. But Crazy. didn't he do some kind of promotions, cheap promotion too? Well, there was just know. some controversy with him that he didn't actually sell the million units or the close to a million units uh-huh. and that his record label bought bought it. 
I you always know. think conspiracy wise too. Like that's got to happen sometimes. Like you know, dude, there's always been major conspiracies. Yeah. In the that Nirvana business. story. Yeah, yeah you know that one. Stories about this. What's shit. the Nirvana there's, story? I mean, dude, even when we were, I mean, that's in '96, '97 when I was at Warner's. Like there was, they were our A and R guy was busting moves to just even little shit that wasn't that shady, but just stuff to. To, to get the numbers up, like yeah. in terms of SoundScan and stuff, because SoundScan was really boring. when SoundScan first started, it changed everything because no one sold, no one debuted at number one before SoundScan right. did not happen. So the story goes, and I've heard this from a couple of people, and maybe you know more than I do. Uh, Brad, producer Brad, was in a band called the Goops. I didn't know your last name for years. I have you on my phone as Brad Goop. No. Still. A lot of people think I'm like Dutch or something. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Yo. <laughs> Story is David Geffen changed the barcodes on other CDs <laughs> on Geffen to read Nirvana Nevermind. That's and that's how Nirvana wow. knocked Michael Jackson out of the top spot. No way. way. Yeah, look it up. Wow. That's the rumor. It'd be so easy to just say, oh, that was a mistake, you know? Yeah, oops, I mean, sorry. even barcodes weren't that old at that point. Nope. I mean... Wow, rumor. Nirvana was still a long box record. Yeah, barcodes, I mean, yeah, this is 91, Nirvana? Yeah, 91. Yeah, barcodes were fucking brand new. Nobody would even know. Mm-hmm. Dude, wow. Seb- Sebastian Bach was just talking about, uh, he said that back in the day, he was saying he was out with his, they hit number one on the Billboard chart for, uh, it was like a, the number one metal record in 91 or whatever for the self-titled one yeah for Skid Row I believe and he was out with his manager and it was before SoundScan and the manager said something like yeah we're gonna debut at number 19 and he's like what do you mean we're gonna debut at number 19 he goes no it's okay (laughs) I talked to Whitney Houston's manager and she's gonna debut at 14 we're gonna debut at 19 we're gonna do a slow rise and he's like that's how this shit works. As if I was a 19 year old kid, and then he's like, and then they had sounds. Then they in, they introduced SoundScan, and they went number one because of the actual. Yeah, I honestly like, don't know how it works, dude. Dude, Whitney Houston so bummed at SoundScan. <laughs> <laughs> when you do a song with these people and you're splitting it all up, yeah, is it a different royalty versus actual CD to? Like, say, iTunes or MP3 format. Because I know when you buy a song on iTunes, you don't buy the song. You buy the license. Well, that's interesting. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I guess you are buying the license. Um, well, I had a long talk with, with an entertainment lawyer about that. Yeah. I did a gig at Chevy. Uh-huh. And he was and he was Lady Gaga's like publishing dude, right? And I was like, crack him up. I was like, all right, sit down. I have some right. questions because I well, love that kind of stuff. What happens is, yeah, the mechanical royalty is different from the publishing side, and then basically a song is. And Brad, you probably know this. You were, I, I'm, I'm assuming you, you were at a label. Yeah. Okay. There's, you have it, and you guys probably know. But there's a, you have a song. It's split in half between the publisher side mm-hmm. and the songwriter side. Okay. So, and 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 me as a songwriter, I have a publishing side and a songwriter side. So, or producer side and a and a songwriter side. Sorry. So, fifty percent of the song is is, produ- is production, mm-hmm. which is the music, and then fifty percent is the top line, lyric and melody. Oh, wow. Right. So uh, going into a song, I own 50% of it because I, didn't, I don't do production. You know, done. I own 50%. Um, and then there's, if, if there's other songwriters, obviously that 50% then gets split amongst the songwriters and the produce, producers, same thing. Um, so, you know, altogether, you, if there's a bunch of writers, you may own, like a friend of mine who wrote a huge Jennifer Lopez song, you know, he wound up with like two percent of the song, right? You know, but if that two percent is of 
thirty million, you know, whatever. You know, that's that's a nice living for for a year or t- for a few years. It's like it's like the George Lucas story when he was making Star Wars and he's going bankrupt. He couldn't pay his. The story goes, he couldn't pay his secretary, and he said, "Well, let me give you just you know one percent." God, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Please, I'll billions take billions yeah. of dollars. <laughs> yeah. you know there I mean? you go. It's the same thing. Well, his story, he gave up all his he gave up all his fees and everything, and he said, "Just let me hold on to the merchandising." Right. And then he yeah. ruined everything by making toys yes. that we loved. You know, I got to prop this book because we keep coming up with these stories in all these podcasts. There's a great book called uh, All You Need to Know About the Music Business. Perfect. That was my textbook in, in college. Yeah, it's by Donald Passman. Yep. If anybody out there is interested in this shit, this book actually, it not only explains this in ways that you can understand, even if you're stoned, but... Uh, <laughs> But it, it gives all the examples. Absolutely. It, goes, it gives the actual examples yep. of, like, why you can't make a double album. Like Clash Sandinista, the triple album that they made to get out of their record contract yeah, because right. they owed three more labels. Like, now, when you read a record contract, it doesn't allow you to do that. And mm. it gives the actual examples of why there's these rules and contracts and how publishing Is there a whole yeah. chapter on Neil Young? <laughs> Perhaps yeah. I'm sure they Definitely speak about it for sure. Yeah, his story like, is phenomenal. That literally, I went to Five Towns College in music school. That was the textbook. Like yeah, literally, that was our textbook. Book. And he it's updates an it every book. year. Every time yeah, digital get the changes. latest one. I'm sure my know, wife has it, it in our house somewhere. I'm sure. But yeah, for anybody out there that actually is in, wants to know more about this, it's just it's invaluable. I mean, anybody in the music business should read it. Yeah, absolutely. I love to digress and that kind of stuff because that stuff does fascinate me. But uh, specifically to to Mr. Jared Cotter, who, yeah, yeah. who, who kindly explained this. So you are going to put out, at some point, your stuff that you've written and maybe other things yeah, on think, a record. Honestly, man, I think that's the next thing. Being that there's only three record labels, major record labels <laughs> yeah. left, you know, now, uh, literally three since, mm-hmm. so, so, uh, since EMI just went under. Um or was bought um yeah i kind of want to do some different things man and all this stuff that that you know i wrote that's not commercial or Mm -hmm. or if it's not a single or you know even if it is if it is some hot stuff like you know that i feel like will get played on the radio and i just want to just test my creative boundary man do you ever write a song and feel like damn i should have kept that because there was a story recently about people who gave Away song like I didn't know Jesse J wrote Party in the USA. Yeah, and 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 I knew Neo wrote Irreplaceable, and he was like, "Damn, yeah." You know? Neo wrote a few songs. He's wrote that, he's written a couple that I'm sure he's like, "Wow, I should have kept that." Yeah, but you know, it all happens for a reason. You know, like without those songs, Neo wouldn't be Neo. That's true. You know, and uh, same thing for everybody else. Like, you know, when I'm writing with Jay Sean, like, yeah, a few times I was like, you know, what I wish we were writing this for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not. I have to admit that, you know, um, but I'm, it put me in a chance where in a position where I can do that stuff now, you know, like I'm in a position where I have a publishing deal that says that, you know, I can get a record label, a record deal if, if I so choose to, you know what I'm saying? And if they, they love the music. It's cool to be proud of that, dude. It's awesome, man. Like you, you have a publishing deal. Uh, yeah. It's, That's you know, awesome. I'm, I'm you didn't have of, one when I met you. Yeah, exactly. I'm signed to one of the biggest publishers in the world. <laughs> And I'm, you know, I'm really happy where I'm at. I'm excited about the next thing. Um, um, recently, I was just in Africa. I was in Africa a few few weeks ago. Yes, that's my next thing. And uh, and just to see the people there, man, uh, living like that, it was it was sad, but at the same time, it was really inspiring. Where in so, Africa? I was in Mozambique. Okay. Yeah, which is on the um, west coast of Africa. Now, is this different than the the 
internet show I saw. Yeah, this is totally that's totally that was South that was South America. South actually. America, okay. Yeah. Um, so what was Africa for? Africa, I went out there with an organization called Could You, and what Could You does is basically brings people like us, people who who are uh, who are forward thinking, who you know, who are positive and want to help the world. It's no one like. Us. All right. Well, <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys will. You guys will. Um, you know, they bring people like us to kind of show you, like, like we hear about this stuff, we see it on television, but when you're there, it's a totally different experience. So they, you know, I went out there and um, got a chance to to actually be in a village where these people have no running water, no plumbing. You know, Starbucks is definitely not on the corner. You know, oh, um, how did you survive? And uh, I only stayed a night in in the village. Mm-hmm. You know, slept on on the floor like they would. You know, uh, ate with them, and it was really eye opening, bro. Like these yeah. people are happy, yeah. Which is sh- it shocked me. Like I thought I was, you know, it was just gonna be a sad day. I had like the greatest time. You know, we we sat around a camp- campfire. We sang. You know, a guy brought out a guitar. I was like. A homemade guitar, like you know what I'm saying, like it was incredible. So it really inspired me to 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 want to do some stuff. So I have this song called "Do It for Love," and um, my contribution um, to the Could You organization is to revamp the lyrics a little bit to the song "Do It for Love" because I feel like the concept of it, you know, just do what you're doing for love, like whatever it is, love it, you know, like make sure you're doing it for love because then you're on, you're on the right track. So I want people to hear this song and it doesn't have to be Africa. It doesn't have to be whatever is close to you. Do it for love, like contribute for love, volunteer for love, you know, because that's all we need in this world. I think the Beatles said that, right? You know, all we need is love, you know? Yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to bring it back, man. And, uh, yeah, so the, the next, the first single that I'm going to put out as an artist, um, is called do it for love. Now, how'd you get hooked up with? Could you? Um, I, through the South America trip, I did a similar trip in Colombia, in Bogota, Colombia. And, uh, that was, that was amazing too. It was really life-changing experiences when you travel. These people come to you or you just hear like, I want to do this. Um, my agent actually hooked me up with the, the South America one. And then I, I, I was so engaged with it that I just kept in touch with all the people. And, um, and they were like, listen, this opportunity in Africa opened up. You should go. And I was like, yeah, you know. Of course I'll go. I urge anybody to go that that, uh, that wants that experience. It's I amazing. think about that a lot. Especially, I mean, it was one of Richard Pryor's records where he's like, "Go, just go, go to Africa." Yeah. He, spe- he said, especially and this is this is another one of my favorite uh, Jared Cotter stories at Fuse. We were talking about something, and in in our Cube area, there there was a, a lot of, as I said at the time. Uh, African Americans, and Jared looks at me and goes, "Dude, just say black. It's cool." And I went, <laughs> "Right on." I remember because he always used to look at me like, is this okay that I'm saying African-Americans? Notice I am saying African-Americans and not black. I was like, so I'm like, homie, it's all right. We're black. It's good. I didn't say Afro-American. Yes, I didn't say that. Because I don't understand that one. Because I learned from KRS-One. No, it's not Negro. No, it can't. No, 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 it's not not that. It's not that. No, I I learned from KRS-One. It's not Afro. That's a hairstyle. There you go. So so back to the record, because when you put songs together... Can and will it be songs that you have written for other people? Yeah, they will. I mean, because that's all I've been doing. Um, Does that count as a cover? You're covering yourself, or is I'm it covering yours? myself? Basically, songwriters. A lot of the time, you're giving your swag. You're giving your 
your creativity to mm-hmm. so that an, another artist could be the uh, the conduit, conduit yeah, for 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 that. Like you know, this whole new you know this whole new Rihanna sound that we're hearing. It's not Rihanna. It's Esther Dean who wrote those songs. You were talking about I was this, just on, the this, this on the way here. On the way here, like, is there is there like a factory where Rihanna just walks into and there's like all sorts of craziness yeah. going on, and they're like, just here you go. Or yeah, like, it's the Esther Dean factory. <laughs> you know, like Esther wrote those songs. I don't know Esther. I don't know Rihanna, but I've heard Esther's songs over the years, and she's. I mean, that's who she is. You know those. That's uh, Esther Swag. And I'm not saying that Rihanna definitely takes those records and and makes them hits. You know, she sounds amazing on them. She gives the visual for them. I was going to say she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's uh, that's Esther Dean. Um, Do they actually, when they get them in, when so when she picks or Rihanna will have like, here's a couple to listen to or she'll, you know, they'll decide and then she'll, they'll be like, well, she'll sing it to almost the exact no, way. the exact way. The exact. Though you have to sing it like this, and she's sing like, it okay. like this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. And there are other like Jay Sean. He, you know, it's pop music, but Jay is an amazing artist. Like he, he. That's him. You know, I. That's me. You know, channeling him. You know, that's the other way around. Do you find that you're you're molding into that? Because I know a lot of songwriters, you know, are some some songwriters producers are smart enough. No, you know, go grab someone to help this song out. It needs something. Yeah. Like uh, like my favorite is a uh, story is uh, I don't know the full story but I know they Bon Jovi brought in Desmond Child for living on a prayer exactly you know brought him in he was like do this and like ah oh, crap you know right and uh, here's half the publishing you know and like right. that well, works do I you, think yeah, you can definitely. you can write for people in their Absolutely. voice like you know I have I have songs that I've written for Rihanna that didn't make the album um, that I sang or I got a girl to sing like Rihanna would sing it you know. So, wow. because of, that's her sound now. Somebody gave her that sound. Um, and, you know, so now, you you know, if you want to get in the studio and start writing for even, I don't know, a band, you kind of know their sound. You know, you know, okay, this would be great. Have you written for a band? I wrote, I wrote for The Cab. Uh, they're a band um, so, that was signed to Atlantic. They just put, put out their own record. Um, they, they weren't feeling the whole Atlantic situation. Um, but they're an amazing little band, little baby band. Um, I call them, but yeah, Alex they is incredible. For a few years, Cal. yeah, they're great. Um, Jonah nodding does nothing for a podcast. I saw them open for Cobra Starship once. All oh, right on. I've been honestly, Stephen. I've just been writing. Like whoever wants it, here it comes. You know. Do, do you ever find? I mean, I know that the house genre is great because that's something that doesn't need to be house music. Doesn't need to be a hit to be incredibly popular, and it'll right. end up all over the world. And it's it's great because there's so there's an energy to it that I like. You know, I actually started writing rock records, uh, like alternative stuff that I should send to you just Please. to get your, just to get your, you know, they're pop rock, but, yeah. but, but, you know, but really cool, like full guitar band stuff, you know, and, um, and I, the thing that I love most about it was the energy, you know, and, um, I think house gives, uh, its own unique energy, but it's an energy nonetheless that's kind of, you know, just cool, yeah. you know, and, uh, I love it. I love well, it. Every, everyone's just like jumping all over, you know, dubstep and yeah. Well, that's the next thing. Skrillex, <laughs> Skrillex, our little, yeah. Our little friend's son. Well, I interviewed. Did you interview Sonny? Back uh, a million back times. Um, I just have a quick thing. Back to the songwriting. Yeah, please. Yeah. Do you have a song right that you wrote that you're like I could you, but you're it's like your favorite. Like you could give it to someone, but you're like I don't know, man. I should just keep this. Like this is too good. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. There's uh, 
there's this one song that I wrote um, that I'm I, I'm definitely keeping it for me. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm, it's just like this. Um, it's out there. The producer doesn't know this, but I think he does know it because like we've actually gotten we've actually gotten offers for it, and I'm like, no, no, because it's just it's just I just love it. You know, it's called "Live Till It Kills Me," and uh, I just it's just like, a fun song. You're like I'm keeping it. Like right I'm keeping here, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping it. What if it's a story like like Otis Redding wrote "Respect," right? And then Aretha sang it, and then he went, "Yeah, it's yours." Yeah, it's yours. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I was also thinking, like, because I heard, I don't, know if, I don't know if this is true, but I heard uh, Jimmy Buffett originally wasn't like a singer. He wrote "Margaritaville" for Elvis, and then Elvis died, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll just do it." And then his career, like, boom, he was just like a songwriter. Honestly, dude, that's the like, whole thing. I don't. I after ha- having the hit with Down, I was like, you know what? Cool. I'm cool with this. I'll be a songwriter. I'm traveling all over the place. I'm working with all these artists. I'm cool. I'll be a songwriter. But then I actually wrote all these songs, and then the politics gets into it. And then all the songs that I feel that should be out don't come out, you know? And it's just like, man, fuck it. I'm doing this on my own, man. You know? So that's that's the whole reason why I was cool with not being an artist, you know, with hosting, songwriting, doing whatever. But now I'm like, yo, why not? Just put it out. It's got to be frustrating to know that no matter what you enjoy doing, there's bullshit everywhere. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine. I know how many cooks were involved with television. Yeah. Unless they left you alone and gave you complete autonomy and you did an episode where you slept the whole time and they canceled your show. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Or, um, uh, I guess that was a long way. I was, uh, I actually just told that story at work the other day. Was that joke worth it? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes, it was. Um, That's how many cooks are in television, but I can't even imagine how many cooks involved in just one single. It's so much, man. And so much has to go right. Like so many people have to say yes before you hear a song on the radio when you're, when you're just starting out, you know, Uh, from, from the songwriter to producer, producer to the artist, the artist to the, a and R, the A and R to the guy above him, the guy above him to the guy above him, and then you know, then it's it's tested. It's it's uh, you know, you go to the promo tour, radio has to like it, every program director, like it's just it's just too much. Like mm. I think that's a one of the problems about music right now. There's just too many people in the kitchen saying yes or no, and um, and that's why now that there's only three majors, all the indies are gonna rise up. And and that's where people will get their music from because people are tired of of it. You know, they're tired of all this watered down stuff. They want real stuff. It happened before. It happened before. It's going to happen again. And I, I can't believe that these majors don't see that. Well, how conscious do you have to be as far as like not ripping people off, but like there's only a finite amount of hooks and stuff. How conscious yeah. do you have to be like you write like, oh, I wrote this. It's awesome. And then, you know, you don't know like a year from now. Someone's going to be like, I wrote a song you never heard that's like that. And now I'm going to sue you. Yeah. I don't know how that works out, man. I, I hope that, that it doesn't happen to me. I hope, uh, you know, that uh, nobody steals my shit. <laughs> or that I that I inadvertently steal somebody else's. But not know? even stealing, just coming up with something that's yeah, the same I mean, thing. Not, I mean, it's they, like they, it's, they, what, a 12-note scale. I mean, like... It's nothing new under the sun, man. Yeah, there's, par- you know, there's parallel universes. Yeah. You're both going to come up with a similar melody at some point. Yeah. And, that's, and it's happened, and it gets resolved. I mean, people can figure out intent. They can figure out... Like, there's definitely been situations where they can prove that, you know, either the 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 thief has been exposed or not exposed to the track, you know. 
it's for the courts, as they say. Yeah. What There's happens if, like, when you're the producer, like, um, what was that with the Beyonce Kelly Clarkson thing with uh, right. Halo? What happens if you just you're the producer and you write the same, the same melody for two artists and you're like, hey, you guys fight it out? Yeah, you guys. That's do pretty it. much what it was. Yeah. Like, I'll be at the bank cashing yeah, my check. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Your well, name is Doctor Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctor Luke. Ryan Tedder did it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's your sound. Like if you know, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to stop. <laughs> stop that from happening. Didn't little, didn't little John artists. give yeah to um, before Usher? He gave it to Petey Pablo. Petey Pablo, yeah. yeah. So it was the same track, and they changed it just a little bit, but obviously it was obvious. You know, yeah. it was the same track. You know, he made a killing off that completely. Okay. You know, I I did a remix of that track, and I got it before it was a hit. Yeah, and uh, I was just telling these guys the other day because I was I had the tracks to show them, um, and I I was listening to it. I'm like. This is. There's no way this is going to be a hit. There's no hook. It's just yeah. So I actually in the remix made a hook out of some of the other lines, ah. <laughs> and the label never put it out. <laughs> Probably because you didn't stack the hook, dude. You didn't stack the hook. Stack the hook. That's the Not title of this episode. Stack, stack the, the hook. hook. <laughs> it's oh, Jared, Jared's own podcast. Stack the hook. Stack with Jared. the hook. <laughs> I like that. Now you said that you're comfortable. Well, right now, you said before that you said, I'm just going to put up my own stuff that you were comfortable with. You know, I'm going to, uh, I've got my fun show for kids, which is great. Yeah. Writing songs and all that. I'm cool with being a songwriter, but all the bullshit. Did you always, did you ever think that you would be Jared Cotter's songwriter? Because I know you always want to be a singer. Yeah. And then you became a television host by sheer force of will. Right. <laughs> You know, you yeah. say Lori T called you, but I also know you emailed her a couple times. Yeah, well, she she actually hit me up on MySpace yeah. first, back, yeah. you know, and um, and you followed up, and I followed up correctly. Yeah, of course. You you, you, well, you defined was, the hustle to me once, and 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 I don't mean the dance. I mean like you know staying on it. And I'm like, well, that's just what I don't do. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stay on it, man. You gotta you gotta be persistent. You know, that's one thing I've learned with with anything. As long as you stay persistent, you know, the door that you want to open may not. But other doors will. And is that know? how you feel that you ended up becoming a songwriter? Absolutely. Like, I had no intention on writing for other people at all. You know, Jay, I met Jay, and we hit it off as friends first. And he was like, you know, I'm a singer, right? And I was like, where? Because <laughs> I don't know who you are. He's like, I'm pretty big in Europe. And I was like, whatever, make, it a t- make a T-shirt guy. You know, I'm pretty big in Europe. But he <laughs> actually was when I Googled him. <laughs> and, Where'd you uh, meet him? I met I met him. Uh, it was just a it was just a uh, a chance meeting actually with some friends. Okay, and um, we we hit it off. I was like, "Who are you, man? You're pretty cool, you know." And uh, he uh, we were like, "Yo, let's set up a session." And we started writing together, and that was it, you know. So I, it was just it was just a a door that opened that I was just around, you know. I was like, well, "Let's see where this goes." You know, and this was during Fuse. I remember. I remember you telling me about him because I did the same thing. Who the fuck is Jay Sean? Yeah. And you were like, he's big in Europe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and we're s- like, we're going to go to Midtown Comics, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and then <laughs> wrote That's that fun guy. having a career, yeah. And uh, yeah. Sold, sold 9 million units. Wow. You know? So uh, it's, it, it, went, it went well. And the same thing with Fuse. Like, I just... Just stepped into it, man. Just, just keep, those, keep these doors opening. You mean, you mean, you mean here? Wow, yeah. he has Mid- a membership card. My Midtown Comics. Oh, we all have memberships, by the yeah. way. Oh, That's true. That's man. True. Every hundred bucks you spend, you get, you get what, 10 bucks back? 20. 20, 20 bucks, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. 
Jeez. Are you going to go today? Yeah. I, I, I turn, my birthday was this week. So Happy birthday, man. Thank you very much. 25. Never looked better. 25. Now I'm 40. Wow. We're saying it out loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was 40, man. Well, happy birthday, bro. That's a big one, man. It was over before. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you do you miss aside from songwriting, going back to hosting? Do you miss interviewing? I miss Fuse all the time. I'll be honest with you. You know, um, and I'm I'm very vocal about it. Uh, you know, in front of people who can change that. You know, <laughs> um, there's no one there we know anymore. I know nobody. It's I know. All, it's all different. I know it's crazy. Uh, I would love to to go back to that type of format, whether it's Fuse or something somewhere of, else. We hosted a live show, yeah, and live for me is the most fun you'll ever have. Now, the show that ran the longest on the channel was the Untitled Rock show that I hosted. That was taped and was fun. We had fun, but the live shows were the greatest, just because if you screw up, you keep going. Just keep going, man. Live. And, and for me, that was the first time I had ever hosted anything. Yeah. And it was like, go. You were a natural. <laughs> well, I don't think I was. I learned a lot from you, but um, trust me, you were a natural. Uh, just, you know, my first interview was, uh, wow, OAR, OAR, yeah, yeah. And my next tattoo. I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who they were, you know, and and it was just like, go. Yeah. First All question: right. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? Fuse is good like that in a way though too, because that was for me too. And I got I was on the sauce, and they would be like, "Well, we're gonna have you go do uh, press junkets," because I as like just yeah. produce them in off camera interviews. Yeah. And my very first interview, I'm like, I'm not a journalist. Like I don't interview people. And they're like, "No, you're funny. You should write the questions and just go interview uh, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe for your first interview ever." And I in the same room, and I was like, "Dude!" And they're like, "Oh, you have four minutes." <laughs> It's totally cool. Just make sure you get all the answers from them you need. And it was a total, like, I was like, ugh. And then after, I mean, after that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it's school, man. And you, you either yeah. you know, fly or you don't. And then carpets <laughs> and stuff, too, which are gross. And they're like, ugh. Carpets are disgusting. Yeah, I hate but those. They, but they were, I, I was, I had fun. Because, Do you like them? Yeah, well, because you can't take it seriously. And the first red carpet I ever did, I ran up to one of the hosts of E. This was years ago. And while I was interviewing, I said, what are you doing? And he was really, and he turned and he was like, I'm interviewing someone. I was like, what's that all about? And yeah. we got the whole thing on camera. And he was really funny. And he just kept joking with me back and forth while talking to somebody. That's funny. And I was like, and then I turned and I took the whole beta cam and I swung it around to the paparazzi and pissed off a whole mess of people. I know that sounds weird coming for me. Uh, I, learned, I learned about interviewing. The smartest thing you can do is hire a journalist, which is where Jonah came from. Because right. yes. Jonah had no experience doing TV ever. I can't believe that Jonas that even happened. I mean, that was awesome. But yeah, you were like, I want you to write the show. And I was like, I've never written anything for TV. You're like, it's cool. It's like, perfect. <laughs> All right. I told the story recently. I want to end here um, because we're trying to make it easier on the edit for Brad. Uh, like what I just said, we're going to cut out. I told a story to my wife yeah. about a party that Fuse had for the Grammys, which they're going to do again this year for the first time since we did it. Okay. Uh, at some weird venue on Coanga in Los Angeles, Fuse had a Grammy party where Panic at the Disco played. No Effects showed up. Um, Prince, Prince showed up. Showed up. Uh, Fall Out Boy was there, and uh, it was just a big mass hullabaloo. It was exactly the kind of place. Paris I would, Hilton was there. Paris Hilton was just stupid. Yeah. Paris Hilton was not only there. Fat Mike went up to her and started talking to her, which was hilarious. 
Uh, she was in that Me First in the Gimme Gimme's video. Exactly why. Because she was dating Derek at the time, Wibbly from Sum 41. Or I, I say dating loosely. Um, it ended in an ING. Uh, so we're, we were at the party, and um, Jared came to me and said, dude, you ready to drink up? And I went, I'm not touching anything. He said, why not? And I said, well, you know, because the owners of the company are going to be here, and we've got to be under best behavior. And you're like, awesome, thank you. Very cool. And then, came to me a while later, freaked out. So you were dancing with some girl. Do you recall this? <laughs> Please take it from there. All right. Because <laughs> I, I told wish you could see the face Jared is making right now. <laughs> I told I told I told my wife the story recently. She didn't know this story from that last night, and she fell off the couch laughing so hard. It's a oh, great man. story. All right. All right, we're in it now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm dancing with this girl whom I find out is a playmate. And, uh, you know, obviously she's she's pretty good looking. Um, and we're having a great time, dancing on the floor. And she's like, you want to bump? And I was like, yeah, baby, let's bump. <laughs> let's bump. So I actually start doing the dance, the bump. And she's like, she's, she stops dancing. And I'm like, what's wrong? That's the bump. Like, I know what the bump is. What are you talking about? Uh, and she's like, no, 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 no. Do you want to bump? And I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. And you came over to me. And I came over to Steve and freaked out. This girl, this girl just wanted to bump. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Apparently, uh, I wasn't aware of the terminology. Like why? Why did you're telling that story? And I'm seeing like Jim Carrey or something. Like <laughs> totally, totally. I felt like Jim Carrey, man. <laughs> but she, yeah, she went to the bathroom and that got was, in line. Because got in line, no one was peeing in that bathroom. Right, that exactly. You should get a publishing deal for that story. <laughs> Sell to Hollywood. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's the uh, my playmate story. I awesome. Think. When's your record coming out? Um, I'm gonna put do it do it for love out uh, top of the year. Nice and uh, see what it does. See what it, see what it does, man. Is there, and, uh, is, see what happens. Wh- since you're signed to Sony Publishing, does that mean Sony puts it out? Um, I'm gonna actually put it out on my my own first. I want to kind of develop my own sound, and before I <clears> go to any type of major or even an independent, and uh, I just want to see what happens, you know, and just have it happen organically, like it should and used to happen. That's true. Yeah, when A and R stood for for artists and repertoire. Right. Because it's something so new for me, like totally different genre of music, I kind of want to get my feet wet. I want to. I want people to know me. I want fans to to kind of build with me as I go along. Must is, be. Is there a website or a good place for people to? Not yet. Like, um, I just finished shooting the game show, so uh, we're gonna right after Thanksgiving. I mean, go hard with getting the website and and everything else. But I mean, we can Twitter to it on our site. When we- yeah, please do, man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we will. Twitter at Jared Cotter. You know, mm-hmm. I will definitely be updating as I go along. We look forward to hearing a lot of stacked hooks. Yeah. Speaking of stacked the hook, just so you know, uh, Jonah and I have been uh, recently taking up the banjo. So if you want to maybe do a, some sort of a country collaboration, you know, there's nothing too complicated. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm down for the right. the banjo house song. All right, let's do it. We're let's in. make it happen. Yeah, but. Honestly, you, you're you're kidding. No. But I am. 
<laughs> no, I'm not, I was not kidding, actually. I think well, that'd be I'm awesome. I'm not either because, like, I am down to try different things. Like, you know, that's what this publishing deal has done for me. Like, I can try whatever I want to try. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, fuck it. We tried it. Yeah, you know, exactly. It awesome. That's what music should be. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. Thanks. Thank you. So Jared Cotter uh, goes to Africa and helps people out, writes amazing songs, and I just feel kind of worthless. I right ate now. like a whole pizza the other day. Just <laughs> <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you supported the pizza place. Yeah, my friend was like, I stayed out all night. Blah blah blah. I was like, I had a crazy night too. Like I stayed in, I ate an entire pizza. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared's like, Yeah, I went to Africa and, and worked in this village and learned about things. Yep, and helped people. Yep. Uh, recently, Jared, uh, very interesting. He was nominated for uh, two Emmy Awards. I think, I think there's various degrees of Emmys. I think it was like the New York Emmys or something. But he got to go be a presenter and do the whole award show thing, which uh-huh. I have to follow up and recap about. Uh, I think also Jared learned a lot, working at Fuse specifically, uh, what a bump is. Yeah. And he learned something being here about what a bunch of bumps are. <laughs> <laughs> That was stupid. <laughs> we'll take that uh, out of the story. Yeah. Um, if he comes right. back on the show, it could be Welcome Back, Cotter. Boom! <laughs> End. All right. Uh, today's music and forever on Going Off Track is by The Goops. Brad Goop, audio producer. And I think it sounds really, really awesome. I want to give credit now to the music. You're you welcome. All right, next week, another stellar episode. And by stellar, I mean we're doing it from a satellite. Woohoo. Inter- kind that would be episode. interstellar, right? Or would Shut that- the fuck up. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> get mark. even better. I'm totally off my mark here. I think Dude. we all are, but it's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Makes it even better. 